True Blue LA podcast. The Dodgers are 71 and 39 after going 4 and 4 over the last week and a half. They are 15 and a half games ahead of the second place San Francisco Giants. What? We, yeah, you know, that that's been the case most of the seasons, right? Yep. So we uh we normally record this on a Monday. We decided to record on Wednesday, trade deadline Wednesday, just expecting to talk about all of the the exciting acquisitions that the Dodgers made. The top top tier relievers is what we were expecting. I had show notes uh saying that that's who we're, what we're going to talking about. That didn't happen. We have a few things to talk about, but I don't know how we're going to fill a whole show. But I know who does. Eric Steven, how are you doing? Hello, I am full of carne asada and uh, ready to podcast. Well, that's exciting. So we're going to talk. Uh, we've got a Cody Bellinger update. We're going to talk about Will Smith. We're going to. The Dodgers did make uh, a few trades, uh, not the caliber we were expecting, but we're going to talk about those. And then, as always, we have some questions at the end after the sad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not the trade deadline we were expecting. <laughs> no. Um, it, it was very weird. Like, uh... We've Everything been... <laughs> was like for a month. I've been saying like two things. I've been beating the drum of the Dodgers are going to make a trade acquisition, and Will Smith will be the starting catcher for the Dodgers. You, one out of two nailed, ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, you you nailed the one. Uh, and, and like we we've been, I think 
I don't know how many consecutive podcasts we talked about when is Will Smith going to take over for Austin Barnes, but it seemed like six or so. And like every time it's like, well, if Barnes, it seemed like if Barnes has another bad month like he did in June, then they'll, they'll kind of have to make the move. And he did. And Will Smith came back up and immediately obliterated any like numbers that Barnes and Martin put up like uh, when they were back. So I have numbers for you, uh, but first, um, uh, a number on Cody Bellinger, his pace. He he has not homered in twelve straight games. That's why I, I forgot to slow. bring it back up. Yeah, the bomb. Exactly. He's out of sight, out of mind. Like, yeah, who who's your MVP now? No, I don't know. Um, it might still be him. It's probably Yelich. Who knows? Um, there's a lot left in the season, but still, even without homering in twelve games, he's on pace for fifty homers, which would beat the Dodgers' home run record by one. Uh, he's on pace now for 118 RBIs below the 120 mark. So uh, they're coming back home for a 10-game homestand, perhaps some home cooking, and uh, getting back in his own bed uh, will will uh, get those juices. Imagine thinking that he's on pace for 50 home runs and 118 RBIs and going, man, I really I really hope he picks it up. Like, and he's, what, what It's a, not what like he's slump. been slumping, right? It's just like, uh, you it, know, he's been fine. Yeah. He's been good. Yeah, he's been like, uh, he said a few doubles, but yeah, like not terrible. He's walked a bunch. He just hasn't really slugged, and the thing that you know, that comes with no home runs, so no big deal. But the the big slugger, Will Smith, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just it's just so funny. Like, I mean, you always try to like temper the expectations, right? Like, because everyone the the backup quarterback syndrome is like whoever's like not the current starter is always like a million times better than the starter. Everyone wants to make a change. And then, then all of a sudden the the new guy slumps and you're like, wait a minute, what did we do? And then, so you just, you sort of want to guard against that. And, but like Barnes was hitting so poorly that they sort of had to make a change. Um, and he, I'll just give you some numbers. So Barnes in June was six for 44, uh, 419 OPS in July, he was 7 for 43, 469 OPS, and then they sent him down to AAA before the series against the Nationals over the weekend. Uh, Will Smith has started four of the six games since he's, he got called up, and he has he's 6 for 13 in those games. Uh, two home runs, including a three-run home run today in the ninth inning. That was the go-ahead shot. Believe it or not, the Rockies and Dodgers played a game that was 0-0 entering the ninth inning today. Uh, very odd. But Will Smith, with also three doubles in those four games, he has five extra base hits and six hits in his uh, four games. Austin Barnes in his last two months had five extra base hits. So um, Will Smith has already tied Austin Barnes for the season in home runs with five. And um, he's played roughly like uh, two weeks in the majors at, at most. So pretty amazing, uh, like just return for Will Smith. Uh he drove in six his first day back. Um, just awesome. And, and like, he's, you know, uh, sort of taking the reins. He's going to be the regular catcher going forward. Uh, Dave Roberts said that. So sort of expect that. I, I'm sure I would imagine Barnes will be back in in September. Um, and we'll see if he can sort of play his way on to the playoff roster. But that's, we're so far removed from that right now. Like there's, <laughs> there's like so much to sort out with the current roster that it's, uh, like playoff roster, it's on it's on the mind right now because of just how you sort of think about things. But there's so much like to sort out first before we get there. Yeah, and 
Austin Barnes certainly will be up in September. The third catcher is kind of a given, especially since the Dodgers traded away Dodger all-star Rocky Gale uh, at right. the deadline. And, and so, and he went to the Rays for cash. So that that clear. Oh, he was already off the forty man. They they designated him for assignment last week. So, uh, but the fact that they traded him to the Rays, he gets to join fellow former Dodger Travis Darnold. Travis Darnold, uh, who I can't say his name, whatever. Uh, he has thirteen home runs in fifty games with the Rays, and so like. It's like every Dodger other than uh, Austin Barnes and Russell Martin uh, are, are hitting. Every Dodger catcher uh, besides those two are hitting. Although Russell Martin hit a like a shot, like a an absolute mammoth shot to right field yesterday. And like he's he like it was I don't know if I'd call it a bat flip, but his reaction to it was like almost like the most animated I've seen him on a home run since like the four plus one game. It was pretty crazy. So, as the, two weeks ago, the Dodgers team had two glaring weaknesses on an otherwise very deep, very stacked team. Catcher, which we've talked about, and the bullpen, which we were, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out in, on, on Wednesday on the trade deadline. They sort of addressed it today, not in the way we were expecting. Let's go over the trades and talk a little bit. I know you wanted to start with Jerko, but can, can we talk about the bullpen for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually lined it up a little bit so to get the bullpen out of the way first, or, or at least the Dodger part of the, or the way they got. So, but first, who they didn't get, um, Felipe Vasquez didn't go anywhere. Um, the Pirates, there were reports that the Pirates were like steadfast in, in wanting, um, like the Dodgers weren't going to part with Gavin Lux. And uh, they, so they wanted like K. Ruiz and Dustin May. And the Dodgers, like, understandably were like, uh, yeah, no, that's not happening. So uh, who knows? Especially when Dustin May could be a part of the solution, either directly or indirectly, for the bullpen. I know in the regular – we'll talk about this a little bit uh, later on. He'll be called up on on Friday to start. But couldn't even factor into the playoffs depending on how, uh, like, the Rich Hill situation, a few other things work out. So trading Dustin May just didn't seem like it would line up with their plans at all. Right, and it's like um, they they've they always talk about the last few years they've talked about like uh, you know providing a runway for the these rookies to come in and sort of sort of thrive and like we've seen it like uh, they brought up Tony Gonsolin he had a four inning save we'll talk about him a little bit they uh, you know Matt Beatty uh, Alex Verdugo is basically a regular uh, but Matt Beatty Edwin Rios Will Smith obviously uh, Kyle Garlick. Um, like they've just brought up all these rookies and they've all contributed. And then like Dustin May is, is like I said, he's going to start Friday and, um, I don't, who knows how many starts he's going to make, but like, uh, eventually he'll, he could end up in the bullpen, but like, just to get back to the relievers who didn't get dealt, like, um, Edwin Diaz was possibly rumored, but no, 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 the, Met, the Mets are buying. That's right. Well, yeah, I don't get them. Like they, they got from Sissy who wanted to know why the Mets are. No one knows is the answer. No one can explain that. They think they can contend, but like there's, they can't until like next year. They're, they're done this year. Uh, So, but they did get better for next year. So that's, that's fine. They got Marcus Stroman and they didn't trade. They traded away Jason Vargas, but who cares? They kept Noah Syndergaard. So like their, their rotation is going to be stacked again next year. And it's just a matter of if they can keep everybody healthy around them. So, uh, and then also Ken Giles was dealing with an elbow thing, I believe. And the Blue Jays did not trade him. They traded away a bunch of people, but not Ken Giles. So uh, Jake Diekman went elsewhere to the uh, to the A's. Um, and then um, 
Oh man, I'm completely blanking on it. Oh, Shane Green was in a the, the guy with the minuscule ERA, but the peripherals that didn't quite back it up with the Tigers. He ended up going to the Braves. I was convinced uh, the Dodgers would get Shane Green just because he seemed like the perfect candidate for yeah to, to blow up in their face. <laughs> so the the one reliever they did trade for, well, besides Jed Jerko, who you reminded me is pitched, has faced one batter this season and strikeout. Out. So he has the negative best fifth in baseball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's they, the Dodgers really did get two pitchers today. Let's remember this. Um, but uh, Adam Kalarik, uh from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the Dodgers sent Nico Holsizer, an outfielder. Um, they uh, we talked about him briefly last week because we were talking about how many home runs Will Smith and Gavin Lux had hit, and uh, Holsizer was like right behind them um, in the a little bit lower levels than the aforementioned previous two, but. He goes to the Rays. The Dodgers get Kalerik. He's a left-hander. He's 30. Um, decent numbers. But, like, his big thing is he's a lefty. And he's he's pitched three years in the majors. And um, he's gotten lefties out. Like, his uh, lefties against him in his, his career, 209, 257 on base, 302 slugging. It's only 148 plate appearances. He doesn't strike out anybody, but he also doesn't walk anybody. It's 26 strikeouts and just three walks. But his big thing is uh, he's a ground ball guy. So he's basically like pro, pro, uh, better uh, Scott Alexander with better control. <laughs> his his ground ball rate is 64.3% this year, 61% career. So he's the guy who's going to be like a loogie slash need a double play guy, uh, I think. And, and we'll see how the Dodgers sort of um, sort of use him. Um, he is, he like I said, it's only his third year. He's not really making anything. The, they before they did get Jed Giorco today, um, former Padre, but he really was uh, sort of came into his own with the Cardinals. He had like three productive years the last three years. He averaged like 2.9 WAR. He was a 111 OPS. He was above average hitter every single year. Um, but he started off this year like slumping. He's only 11 for 56, but he also got hurt. He was on the deal with what they call I think the wrist injury is the bigger thing, right wrist and a back strain. They actually put him on the 60-day deal. He's eligible to come off next week, August 7th. So that deal was a weird swap in that um, Tony Singrani went the other way. Uh, Singrani was already on the 60-day deal with the Dodgers. So, like, at the moment, uh, it uh, they don't need to do anything on the 40-man because they both just take this nebulous spot. Uh, but next week, that he'll uh, they say he's, he could be ready by then or maybe a little after but like all of a sudden we sort of find the dodgers um i don't know they're like their infield their their infield depth has taken a hit like we talked about you know chris taylor has the wrist thing he and he was he's probably his initial diagnosis was four to six weeks so that's putting him closer to september uh kiki hernandez has a uh what was his thing a, a, a hand uh, I forget what they're calling it. He has a basically a wrap on his wrist as well. Um, he could miss like a month. <laughs> they're really vague about what his injury is. Um, but so all of a sudden, like the the debate was, oh man, they don't they don't really have a backup shortstop. Like they literally kept Kiki Hernandez on the on the roster all weekend in Washington D.C. because he couldn't bat, but. He could play defense, and they they did they just wanted protection in case Corey Seager had to leave a game or something, and um, 
then also, but they, they they fixed that sort of by they they traded for uh, Christopher Negron uh, from the Mariners, uh, an infield uh, sort of a utility man. He's thirty three. Um, one of my favorite things he has seven career home runs, including one home run uh, from in eighty seven major league games from two thousand fifteen through this year with Seattle, uh, and he has two starts with the Dodgers and two home runs. So welcome. Chris Taylor yeah, version. This season two. in course yeah. will certainly help, but hey, it was cool he, to see. Right, exactly. Both are in course, but still. He I think and uh yeah, and uh he actually hit pretty well in in Tacoma. He's been like a pretty productive like triple A hitter. Daniel Castro was a non forty man um infielder in triple A, but he didn't hit at all. And you gotta remember like triple A this year, the balls are just uh crazy. They're like super balls. So if you're putting up like a seven hundred or worse OPS, like in AAA, you have problems. So, uh, and that's sort of the thing with Castro. And that's also the reason, like, um, Drew Jackson hasn't really impressed, who another guy, not on the 40 man, but who could have played short. Jake Peter, if you had to stretch, similar thing, not really impressing. Gavin Lux was the other sort of like, what, why don't they just call him up? And I think the thing was, as usual, they don't really want to call someone up to just sit the bench. They'll do it out of necessity if they have to. But that spot was really, I think they're going to rely on Max Muncy a lot more at second. You'll get <clears throat> Negron actually started two of his first three games, but I think it's more of they were filling in and, and as they do. But I think um, if they're calling Gavin Lux up, it's, it's like if Corey Seager gets injured or something, or if Max Muncy got injured and they needed someone to play second or short at, like at a, as a, on a regular basis, and I think then they would call him up, but not, not before then. So that was sort of the, the scuttlebutt. They also traded for Tyler White. Uh, David Freeze uh, got injured again, uh, another um, hamstring thing. He he missed. He was back, only played uh, back for about twelve games, and then he's back on the DL again. So this is just insurance for that, I think. Just a righty uh, who, who sort of matches left piece. He wasn't hitting at all this year in Houston, but he was the previous like two years with them. So. Who knows what they're going to get. Both Negron and White are out of options. So to me, this sounds like I think they're probably going to end up slow playing all these injuries like freeze. Maybe not freeze, maybe. Uh, but then like uh, I, I would imagine Kike and Chris Taylor, they're just, they'll just be like, let's wait until, you know, you're fully healthy. And September 1st sounds like a date you'll be fully healthy. And then the rosters expand. That kind of a thing. So. But then uh, Jericho eases the burden there too. Um, he could play second. He could play third. Um, and his the deal with him, like he's he had a he's making like thirteen million dollars this year, and you're all of a sudden you're thinking this this could like hurt the Dodgers with the cap, but not really because um, one they sent away Singrani, who was making two point six five, and we're only talking about a fraction of this, so it's like roughly a third um, of the salaries going forward. But uh, Jerko is on the, the last year of a six-year deal, and his CBT number was like $5.9 million. So relatively low, and then if you, it's, it's really only a third of that. Plus, the Cardinals are sending about $2.9 million in that deal to sort of uh, balance out some of the cash. But from a luxury tax standpoint, the Dodgers luxury tax number with the Jerko deal actually went down. Uh, I haven't looked at the final numbers yet, but it, I think they go, it goes down by almost like $2 bucks, which is odd. But, you know, uh, that's... Is, so I have a question, because this is a yes. thing I didn't have time to look into. Is Jerko yeah. a guy... Because when Kiki and Chris Taylor are 
healthy. Uh, th- there's no room for him outside of the expanded rosters. If they get healthy quicker, are um, is there? Are they just going to go? No, we want like. Do you think they value Jerko enough that they would are going to try to keep him on the roster as long as possible, even if it means really slow playing the injuries? I know you mentioned they would probably do that, um, but it seems a little far fetched to me that um, they would extend it that far. Well, here the, here's the deal, though. Another, I I'm not sure what Jerko's status is, um, but the, another injury they might slow play is his because he hasn't sure. played since. Uh, June, early June. So, um, like, they could wait till September on him, too. I think these are all just like they're going to throw throw things together in a pot and see what 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 sticks. And you with know? the lead they have, they certainly can afford to do that. Like, can afford to run the not the optimum 25 for, especially since is looking like at most it would be two weeks. So, yeah. And Tyler White, he got his first start on Tuesday uh, and he delivered a two run single. So, like, this, they're just like, it's, it, like it almost feels like they're in. rebuilding a spring training roster, right? And, the, and it's all just to figure out who the final twenty-five is uh, come playoff time. Yeah, so uh, I guess just to do some accounting here—not the not the money kind of accounting, but just looking at sort of the roster uh, to make room for Caleric. I guess uh, Brock Stewart was claimed by the Blue Jays. He was sort of thought of as. You know, definitely someone who could have been designated for assignment and or and or traded, and you know basically was uh, he was claimed by the Blue Jays, so he had a bad year in AAA and really hasn't been the same since a couple years ago when he had that shoulder injury. So fortunate for him, but maybe he'll get a fresh start. He's he went through a thing where he was optioned like um, I think it was uh, I think the total was like eighteen times in in three seasons or he went up and down and for really from his major league debut until some point mid last year, he, it was really up and down 16 times in like about two years, which is crazy. Uh, so he, he's a frequent flyer and, uh, he'll be, uh, he'll be going to Toronto now. All right. So with one minor acquisition today, knowledge that the Aldries are willing to call up Dustin may and that they will be doing that on Friday. Uh, along with Gonsolin making you happy, I know, with a four-inning save. Ah, uh, the perfect. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the closest thing in the regular season we'll get to a spring training tie. I love it. We we did an episode about this, but let's kind of do a revisit because we were. I think you had two solid bullpen arms coming coming across the way. Oh yeah, when it we was talked like, about a playoff bullpen. <laughs> I, I think we arrived at a point where we were like, well, it's going to be like nine. It's going to be a nine-man, uh, you know, group outside of those three starters, and we we filled six of those, and it was like Rich Hill was a question mark, and then um, and then it was like, well, clearly they're adding two relievers, so that takes two of the three, but like, <laughs> nope, yeah. So let, let's redo this. Let's keep sure. the same same parameters. We need mm-hmm. nine names to fill because yeah. um, we're not counting Bueller, Ryu, or Kershaw, right? So we need nine names. What does it look like to you? So um, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. And I'm going to say Jansen, Kenley Jansen. You know, uh, there are gonna... some fans that would yell at you, <laughs> but right. we'll ignore them. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, you know, he's making the team, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then he'll, you know, he'll be set up by the the usual duo of Pedro Baez and Joe Kelly, who who threw both through uh, scoreless innings today. 
in in a zero zero game. Jansen he ended up finishing it's off. Really the game. interesting if you look at Kelly's numbers. I, I did it. I think and since May eighth, I think yeah. it's really really good. Right there, and there was a thing there where uh, for the first month of that, or maybe close to the first month of that, they were still sort of like. Cause oh yeah, no, I, I. If you go since June, they're they're very very good. But even right. like it's it. He started being fine or better way earlier than I remembered. Yes, now, a lot of that was they were nursing him in May, so it was kind of easier to forget. But but also he's pitching like higher leverage and yes. still like maintaining it. He's still like there's times where he seems like he has no idea where the ball's going, but it's like it, it it's also going like 107 or whatever he throws. You know that, that might be slightly too, yeah. exaggerated. Yeah. Okay, so Jansen Baez Kelly. Um, you figure, uh, I just just putting this in there, like Urias and Maeda, and again, this this is sort of a hybrid in that we st- remember they still have to have a game four starter, and like these two could easily fill that. And I, I would Stripling is in that mix too. I'm I have him as my sixth guy, you know, uh, but like. There's been times when they leave him off. Like it really depends on how he's pitching, but I think for now he's on. Uh, he's on the DL right now too. Has a right bicep thing. It sounds like a shorter term thing, but um, that's one of the reasons why um, May is coming up Friday. Uh, Gonsolin came up Tuesday, and uh, Urias ended up getting that start, but went a shorter game. They they used him, Casey Sadler, and then uh, Tony Gonsolin got the four outs. Uh, for the, I mean, the four innings for the save. So, those are my six, and then we, and then I guess, oh, you have to put Choleric in there now. I would imagine because he's their like key lefty. Um, so that's seven, and then so now we just have to fill two more spots. So let's talk about those last two after this ad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we have two names left. When we did this last time, I brought up Sadler as a name I was pretty confident was going to make the playoff roster. Since then, he's continued to be pretty good. Are you a believer now? I I would put him, for me, he he's he's in the mix, at least like talking about getting a spot. Hater. But, it, but it's more like... Um, I think I put him like sort of almost competing and this is unfair to stripling, but it's like, it really depends on how they're throwing at the time. He gives them a bulk guy like stripling would. Um, so he's sort of competing with stripling and Dylan Floro for me, maybe for one spot, maybe for two. I don't, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, so but it's I like, it's like he's in to there. me, it's like Stripling, May, Sadler, and um, Gonsolin for two spots. Am I missing it? I feel like I always and, forget. And Floro. Floro. <laughs> I think it was yeah. Floro I forgot last time, too. No, but that's <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's basically that you're right. Like, it's those. Um, so if we have, yeah, if we move Caleric up, let's say Caleric is the sixth guy after. I, I think, he, I think the Dodgers head. want that loogie. Like, I think they, yeah. they oh, want sure. someone that they can leave just for the left hand. Because they were kind they, It was weird. Urias was both this um, reliever that could go more than an inning, but they were also sometimes using him in that sort of a loogie spot, like come and get a key lefty out and then keep going. So freeing Urias up from that responsibility, I think is really attractive to them. And so you you have Gonsolin and May both like throw like the, the, the hardest out of this group. Like they can hit like 98. Um, and with, with pretty sick other stuff. So I think one of them is probably in. Uh, it's just it's one of those like who's going to pitch the best. And then Floro's had periods where he's been a trusted guy, and he sort of took a rest there, um, where uh, he went on the DL. It, it, it was an injury, but it was more like just to get him rest his arm a little bit. Uh, so if he's pitching back into that trust, he has an inside shot at one of those spots. But um, Otherwise, it's Stripling or Sadler, but yeah, it's it's there's competition there. But uh, it like we'll see how May does because look, he could struggle uh, as a starter at least first. But then if they they at some point in August like start easing him in, yeah, this is uh, definitely reminiscent yeah. of we. I feel like we've had this conversation with Walker Bueller two years ago, and. Yeah. You, you get flashes back to Adam Wainwright. And that's that's what you, you want to see is this just, you know, someone that's going to be a starter but becomes dominant in a playoff run and a relief role. And boy, could the Dodgers use that, but we have no idea how he's going to perform. I, I'm trying to think who, I guess the Phillies would have to get hot and then the, they'd have to make the playoffs. And then like uh, Dustin May curveball could finish off Bryce Harper to end the series or something. I was trying to think who could play the Carlos Beltran role to, <laughs> to amaze Adam Wainwright. Uh, that's that's a fun uh, thing to think about. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's and it's you're right. Like he literally hasn't pitched in the majors yet. Gonsolin's pitched two games, so these guys aren't certainly aren't locks for the postseason. But their stuff is amazing, and if they can sort of adapt to that role, um, I think there's a shot for at least one of them in October. Okay, we've covered a lot of transactions and potential transactions today. I'm forgetting a couple of the smaller ones. I know they're somewhere on this sheet I have. I know you. I know your memory is way better than mine when it comes to this. What am I missing? Uh, so also, but I, I was also taking notes. The other thing is like minor league deals are very tough to like track. They they often go underreported for a while. Like for instance, Tyler Thornburg, he actually signed with the Dodgers on July 13th, but I think he was working, must have been rehabbing in Arizona or something. He's been injured part part of the year. He he's had like a rough uh, a couple of years. Like he missed a season and a half, like 2017, 18, after a thoracic outlet surgery. He's had a hip injury a little this year. He really bad uh, in his brief time with Boston. They they got rid of him, and uh, he's only pitched like 43 innings in the last two years combined with a 6.54 ERA. So it's really more of a lottery ticket. He was really good when he was with the Brewers, struck out a lot. So 
He's pitched once uh, so far for Oklahoma City. He just joined them. Uh, he pitched Tuesday. And, you know, he's another guy. If things go right, maybe, you know, a possibility. But, again, lot more of a long shot if we're talking like October. But maybe even to reach the majors, that's someone you sort of think about. But at the, at the same time, there there are some 40-man concerns. If You, you can't, like, add everybody at this point. So um, we'll see. So that how they sort of handle that. The other thing, Zach Roscup, who they designated for assignment on uh, July 15th, they uh, sent him outright to the minors on July 20th, and he was still in Oklahoma City. He was actually traded to the Cardinals on Monday, uh, and he was sent uh, by the Cardinals to AAA. If he makes the majors this year with them, that'll be four teams in one year, <laughs> Blue Jays, Mariners, Dodgers, and Cardinals. The MLB record is five, uh, by, uh, and that was by Oliver Drake just last year. So I guess with no trade, uh, no trades after July 31st, he'd have to be, like, released and then signed by some other team to to tie Oliver Drake's record. But I, I'm always rooting for uh, offbeat records like this. Well, I think that wraps up the news. So I think certainly shorter than either you or I were expecting. But we have a couple more things. Normally we do emails or uh, emails from Craig twitter Twitter questions we have and then we end on the Dodgers rewind since it has to do with the deadline I think we're going to start with the Dodgers rewind first yeah I was looking back at some deadline deals on some of the anniversary years and uh one that sort of stood out I mean I don't know I, I try to find obscure guys it's you know it's not like uh I guess Manny was 2008 but we're not going to do like necessarily Manny Ramirez I think we might one day but 20 years uh, for from now, now. Yeah, and so uh, in 1989, uh, two weeks before the trade deadline, the Dodgers, who were coming off a World Series win um, the previous year, they were sort of struggling, though, uh, in 89. But they traded Tim Leary, who won 17 games for the 88 team. Uh, they traded him and Mariano Duncan to the Reds. They got Lenny Harris and Cal Vosky Daniels. Uh, so he goes by Cal. Um Cal Daniels is this week's Dodger Rewind. Uh, he's like Lenny Harris is the most remembered name of those of that group that the Dodgers got. I think mostly because he has like the he had the all time pinch hit record, and he was sort of a affable guy and like he played for a lot of teams and was pretty famous. Um, Cal Daniels was like a pretty good hitter, but he was never healthy. He had bad knees. He had like one really good year with the Dodgers, nineteen ninety. The same year that Eddie Murray um, had the highest batting average in the majors and got robbed of the batting title. Not that I bring that up all the time. But um, 1990, he hit 27 home runs. Uh, he had a, uh, I think, four, uh, four something more. I don't have it in front of me. I should have had it in front of me. But uh, his 155 OPS plus. Uh, since the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles, 1958, how many different LA Dodger hitters have put up? A 155 OPS plus or higher. Let's see. And now we're not counting Bellinger? We're not. Because, well, A, the season's not over, so we don't know what his final number is. Uh-huh. So, yeah. but yeah, qualified at bats only. Okay. I My answer is seven. Uh, I, I will give you partial credit because it's seven other than Cal Daniels. It's eight. Okay. <laughs> that's, well, <laughs> so, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Not just uh, pulling pulling the guess out of nowhere. His his career OPS plus with the Dodgers, or no, uh, just uh, overall was one thirty eight. He played with the Reds before, 
Um, he never played more than I think 140 games in a season, and he only did like 123 times. So he just had bad knees. Uh, but his 138 OPS plus is top 90 in MLB history. But I lowered that to minimum 2,500 plate appearances because he only has about 2,700 plate appearances total. He had bad knees. He was done by age 29 in 1992. Uh, only 727 career games. I, he's one of those, like, what if guys? What if they were healthy? Because he was a really, really good player. And sort of in my, like, formative years watching the team, like, uh, just thinking he could be really good. And then um, he wasn't. <laughs> and then, like, the, what, 92 was when the Dodgers had the triple threat outfield of, uh, Daryl Strawberry, who was in his second year, same with Brett Butler, also in his second year with the Dodgers. And they just got Eric Davis that offseason. So they had those three in the outfield, and it moved Cal Daniels to first base. He was, like, unhappy about his playing time that year, uh, mostly because of that. But that team was a disaster. Like, uh, they all underperformed. Um, Butler was still pretty good. But, like, uh, and then Daniels ended up getting uh, traded, like, in – I think in July or something. And then he was, he was done at the end of that year. So too bad. Well, we're going to end this show as we used to end the show all the time before we started doing these rewinds, which I've been really enjoying. And I'm going to yell at you every time you come, come to an episode without one. I actually forgot about it until yesterday, but I was like, I, 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 I thought about it last week and I was going to do Cal Daniels. And then I was like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do Cal Daniels. So. Well, good. You you avoided an admonishment. So five questions. Yay. He did. Craig does want us to know that we talked about this last week. Uh, he went to Beer Belly in L.A. Was going to mm-hmm. order one last thing. Wanted to know if it was going to be the grilled cheese or the wings. We told him to eat both. He ate both. Nice. And he did say he put uh, bacon. He had bacon in the grilled cheese. It's fine. That, like, that counts. That can, no, that counts as long as it doesn't dominate. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an accessory. It's fine. The first question is a technical one that maybe Eric, you already answered, but knowing that there will be players designated for time uh, for assignment during the next two months, since trades can't be done, how will that work? I haven't looked at this fully. I just, I'm pretty sure it's that you, there can still be trades, but they can only, (laughs) there can be, there can only be guys like off the 40 man. So like, they don't matter. Like, I mean, you know, like it's, it's, there, but I think still, like, players will still be, like, getting designated for assignment and released and stuff. So, but honestly, like, these are flyer people. Like, you know, it's like Daniel Hudson with uh, or Ryan Madsen with his arm held together by, you know, bailing wire and string. So, uh, I don't, it's hard to see anybody impactful um, being sort of available in August. But we'll see. Who knows? Second question. With 53 games left in the season, Cody Bellinger looks to be on pace to set a new L.A. Dodgers season record in uh, both war and in home run. So he wants us to pick one of the three scenarios. Bellinger sets or breaks both both the records. He d- breaks neither of them, or he breaks just one of them. Um, so the two records are Beltre's 9.6 baseball reference war or Sean Green's 49 home runs. So he's at 34 home runs. He was at 6.8 war. Before Wednesday's game, uh, he stagnated a little in the war. Uh, that said, I think he's going to break one of them only, and it's going to be war. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, but I think he's going to fall short 
like 46 or 47 home runs or something. Third question. Christian Yelich has 36 home runs and 23 stolen bases. I know Eric loves 30-30 players, and Yelich has a chance to join Beltran, Bobby Bonds, Alfonso Soriano, and Mike Trout as the only players to have both a 30-30 season while having 90% success rate in stolen bases. His question is, will he do it, and what will his final home run and stolen base numbers be? I mean, I don't know if he's going to keep up 90%. It's one of those things where maybe if he's getting closer to 30 steals at the end and he maybe wants to get to 30-30, he gets a little more aggressive, so he gets caught a couple times. But I think he ends up with 32 steals. Um, No, 31. 31 steals. And he's going to fall short of 50. He's going to end up with 48 home runs. There's never been a 50-30 player. There's been 30-50 but not 50 home runs, 30 steals. So I'd like him to get that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I have exactly. Like I, You are a fan of 30-30. I'm a fan of round numbers. 50 home runs, 30 stolen bases. On the I, dot. I, I make no claim on what the that success rate is going to look like. So I, I'm, I'm absconding from that question. But I like it. Fourth question. 2002 is the only season with four teams with 100 or more losses. Right now, Detroit and Baltimore will certainly lose 100 or more games. His question is, will Kansas City, Toronto, and or Miami join those two teams to match the 2002 season? Yeah, they're... um, So, man, I'm trying to think here. I think... I think we're going to get a lot of... um, Man, I'm just talking like an idiot right now. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of teams uh, get to 100 losses. Miami is actually above the or better than the 100 loss marker right now. So they're actually looking okay. The Blue Jays are straddling it. So, And they, they but, just moved away a lot of assets over the last week. So I think Kansas City and Toronto both will. Yeah. I, so I think we're, we'll get at least four, but I like to see records fall, so let's go for five. <laughs> the final question. Craig is probably eating a screen door at the screen door when he records this, which is not true. We recorded later than he was expecting, I think. Uh, that's in Portland, Oregon. It's one of my favorite restaurants in America. And he wants to know, uh, there's a famous item there. I, I, I bicker with this a little bit because I think they have a I, they have two items that I think are even more famous. But uh, he's talking about the fried chicken and sweet potato waffle at screen door in Portland. And he wants to know, when you do go to a place like that, do you always eat that famous item or do you try to get something else? I mean, like, I'm not, I don't, I guess I just thought about this. Like, I guess I just don't, I I don't, I'm not a worldly man. I I guess I don't go to enough places, but when I, you have to get the main, like the main thing, right? Like what they're known for. If it's like something that's like they're famous for, I think you have to get that. Like um, the one thing I can think of that, and I was actually with Craig in spring training years ago, we went to Matt's big breakfast in Phoenix yep. and um, I got the, the um, chop and chick, uh, which is a big giant pork chop and eggs. And it was delicious. Um, but yeah, like I, I guess I don't go to that many restaurants that are no like, I guess what Roscoe's chicken and waffles, it's like they, of course it's chicken and waffles, but like, um, I think you got to get what they're known for. I think uh, if they have a signature dish. 
You ever see someone try to order chicken fingers at N N Out? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's happened a couple of times. It's been it's been funny. Uh, I so my general rule of thumb is one. For instance, here I've never ordered the fried chicken waffle at Screen Door, and I've been ten or so times now. I think I think they are known for the fried chicken, but I usually get the they it, they've changed the name of this item a few different times. But it's basically a biscuit and fried chicken quote-unquote sandwich smothered oh. in gravy so it ends oh. up just being biscuits and gravy with a fried chicken uh, oh, on man. the side and that because they're it's a southern food restaurant in portland uh so to me southern style gravy is just one of my favorite things ever so yeah and i think it's close enough i think praline bacon is the other thing they're really known for if anyone's in oregon and wants to go to this place but that said if something is well known enough enough and it's really really famous i think you should it at least try it. So ideally, yeah. you're going with a big enough group, four, yeah. five, six people, and someone orders it and lets you try a bite. And then you can get whatever you want. Or uh, I, uh, comedian uh, Ian Carmel, who like is from Portland, which is which brings us full circle. Uh, I've seen him promote this. I don't know how long he's done it, but it's pretty funny. Uh, he's a big advocate of uh, pancakes for the table, he calls it, uh, where if he just goes out to... Um, a meal with people he'll he'll order pancakes like communal pancakes for i love it the table to share and Who can i finish like the whole idea. thing of pancakes i can, i yeah. never can i like i love pancakes but if i yeah. just order it i'll have what looks like a quarter of the plate and then i'll be full yeah it's it's a genius move and it and it's and it's it's good for like socializing so i'm all for it i was trying to think you 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 threw me with the in and out question. I worked there for like two years in, in high school and then college. So I and I, I, I was trying to think now. I don't think anyone ever. Uh, I'm. You know what? Now that I think about it, someone. I'm certain people asked like, "Do you have a chicken sandwich or something?" And I guess I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah. And like we just go, "No, our here's this is our menu." You know, we have burgers and fries, and that's kind of it. And then they're like frustrated, but like I always would laugh at people like in line and they're just like staring at the menu like it's like the hardest thing in the world and it's like it's just a burger i, I wonder fries, how many like, of those are like looking for animal style and they just can't see it oh. and they're so confused i'm yeah i'm trying to have a little empathy for these people yeah they yeah, probably just it. were like you know do i want the chocolate shake or yeah. the vanilla and the answer you know is what? neapolitan yeah uh <laughs> wow i i've uh, I I've never had a chocolate shake in and out. Uh, I'm not a chocolate shake person in general. Uh, I was always a strawberry shake. That said, not a big fan of of In and Out's actual shakes, but they're, uh, they're okay. And what I did, uh, I like that they use real uh, ice cream. Yeah, they're not. Bad. Uh, I, well, a mix. It's a mix. But like, yeah. um, what I used to do there uh, for meals, uh, I would I would. Uh, half fill up a no wait what is it oh yeah i guess um half fill up a strawberry shake mm -hmm. and then pour milk in there and then okay. so it's like yeah so it's like a i don't know what is that like a smoothie <laughs> that's it's good for you then yeah Fruit? exactly yeah i was getting, <laughs> I'm getting my calcium good. yeah so there you go well and as we tend to be when we answer finish the food question we're hungry so i'm gonna go eat something I still have leftover carne asada, so I'm going to finish that as well. I'm and I hope, I hope uh, you all out there 
enjoyed this uh, super fun trade deadline. Uh, maybe it didn't le- uh, meet your expectations, but go out and get your favorite meal somewhere and enjoy that instead. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.